Okay. Welcome back to What You Spinning. This is episode 11. Uh, nothing special about this episode other than the fact that it is our first full episode with our boy, Matty T. How you doing, Matt? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Thank you for having me a part of the show. Excited to be here and talk shop with you guys and just love talking about music. So we're in the right area for that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're so happy to have you too. Jacob, how are you doing, pal? Doing great. Yeah, man, it's great to have another person just because so, it makes the episodes like so much better and like we have so much more to talk about. So yeah. hope that there's more of us will slowly, you know, if we can get more people. But I think I think we got a good thing going. But yeah, right on. George, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. I'm like on top of the clouds that we're you know, doing this and talking about music. Couldn't be any happier. How, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, one more day until the woman gets back. So <laughs> one more day of, of batching it up, as I've been saying, bacheloring it up. Uh, yeah. But I'm I'm stoked to talk about these albums. I'm even more stoked to see what y'all bring for next week. Uh, with that, uh, to get Matt a little bit more familiar with kind of the formula of how we go, I think at least two of us should go before we bring up his album. Uh, how uh let's just get kind of like a vote who wants to go first we can talk about can, it it's fine with me i could go last yeah either one of us all right uh jake let's talk about yours uh because i'm i'm interested to talk about it because it was my first uh dive into that artist uh full deep dive what did you bring for us this week yeah so first time we're talking about this this artist. Um, so it's a uh, rap artist. It's Makami, the album. Uh, Pray for Haiti. I keep seeing Didi in my sleep with the gold teeth. Denise put some Wheaties in my cream. She on some bro eat. You need to be strong. Fuck all that. Um, it is. Yeah. It's, who knows how many albums this guy's put out? But it's like his like 18th or like 20th at this point. He's done a lot of projects. Um. But yeah, it's it's pretty badass. Um, I wanted to mention also we we don't talk a lot about like actual like vinyl or wax. Um, this one is pretty dope just because it's a picture disc. Wow, that's cool. I don't usually go for picture discs because they're kind of eh, but this one's actually really dope. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm pretty stoked. Hey, can that you I have it. something real quick, Jacob. Sorry. Um, so I'm a fan of this artist called Basquiat, and he does a lot of art exactly, exactly like that. So I thought it was cool that, you know, he had that art cover on it and it being a picture disc, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty badass. The album cover actually looks a lot like uh, Pray for Paris that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that like, um, Makami, the actual like artist, actual rapper, um, it's executive produced by Westside Gun, and you could see that a lot, not only in the album cover and the art, 
but like in the beats, the beat selection. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it came out last year, I want to say, last year, 2021. Um, it was very big. It's his like, I guess it's, you could say it's his more recognizable album just because um, he doesn't put out too many stuff like on streaming right away. And for this to come out um, last year, just to the masses, it was like so accessible for anyone to listen to it. Um, but yeah, what what'd you guys think about it? Um, I I mean, we talked about it already. I slept on, on him real hard. Uh, and I'm glad you brought this album up because it's so dope, dude. Um, I like when people really rep uh their culture and stuff like that and with a title of pray for haiti and he's haitian and he talks about it i love it i love to hear that um a lot and yeah i slept on it really hard because uh the name um kind of cracked me up and i thought it was corny no pun intended because i don't know if you guys ever been down like the mexican aisle at any store but there's a big can of hominy which is corn yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's called maize yeah that's why i said pun intended i thought it was corny that he had a name makami because it reminded me of that <laughs> <laughs> so i just kind of like brushed it off i was like whatever this dude's corny um and yeah i slept on it like real hard um he is such a good lyricist and he talks a lot about uh a lot of struggles um and like we talked about before latino lingo he mentioned he he does that on this album too just super awesome i'm like hey across the table across the cafeteria i'm like hey yeah <laughs> you know like it's cool to to see that and um yeah i love it this album was very very dope all the beats are very like low-key um and with his wordplay and everything it's just like really really cool i think this is kind of like the new wave of underground and I like seeing this because it's definitely taking a new direction from what we're used to, like MF Doom, for example. Um, it's definitely a new wave of underground, and I love to see it. Thought it was really cool. Yeah, uh, for kind of like I said, and what I'm going to start referring to as the lost episode of what you spin in that in person one we did last week. Uh, this is my first deep dive into a Makami project, and I was only familiar with him based off of like one song that Jake had showed me and uh, the memes that you guys were sending about him that were pretty fucking hilarious. Um, but diving, you know, headfirst into this project, it's it's one that grows on you every time you listen to it. You know, like I didn't really gel like the first part of it like the first couple tracks i was like oh okay and then as it progressed i was like damn this is impressive and every time i would start it over i listened to all of these projects probably three or four times a piece this week um it's he's so he's got such an interesting rap style his voice sounds like a culmination of multiple different rappers in the game now and in the past uh i love the the Haitian and Creole references to it because it's such a weird part. The like Louisiana and like that 
part of the states where that kind of culture comes from is so it's like not represented at all in rap music and i think that that's one of the most impressive things about this album for me that and the fact that you can definitely tell it's uh executive produced by west side gun because every other track it's that and you know the beats do sound there's a lot of similarities between pray for paris and pray for haiti but i personally really liked this i gelled a i gelled very well with this album i really liked it uh but matt what did you have to say uh, I was a fan, you know, it's got a very chunky opening and it takes a minute for it to kind of get going. But once you get into that, that flow, there's, there's great tracks, you know, it kind of goes from that Foley Adu track to the Mackerel Jackson, which is Michael Jackson, apparently, from what I understand from some help from Jacob there. Um, and it just after that, it just kind of flows evenly all the way through. Um, I like that it's kind of, it's like a lo-fi sound. It's very abstract. If I could classified be like ambient rap because it's just different you know it's a lot slower and it's a little bit more it's unique in a sense um i liked it i enjoyed all the tracks for the most part my favorite ones were marie and criminal out of all of them um but i like his style again it's kind of that lo-fi rap it's kind of underground and kind of uh not so mainstream and anytime you get an artist like that that's making new stuff and creating new sounds and even the lyrics itself, you know, very, very basic. I mean, so stuff up, you need a flow naze. I mean, just simple stuff like that. You must, and that's all I can hear. I can, I keep repeating that in my, in my head, you know, that lyric, you know, this is so simple, you know, and I love it, you know, I'll play it again and again and, and not get bored of it. So great, great album. I enjoyed it. Thing where it's like simplicity mm. is, and I think he really nailed it with it. The beats, the lyrics, simple, straight to the point, doesn't miss. Mm. Uh, I really thought it was cool being, because like Haitian and like French stuff, like uh, come together. Yeah. And so, Au Revoir is such a dope track. I think it's probably one of my favorites. Um, and I haven't even heard uh, Melanie Charles, but now I'm a fan. <laughs> like, I want to listen to her, her stuff. Um, but I think it was just so dope. I, Malkami is the shit. <laughs> He's the shit. Yeah, dude, it's... When I... So, like, when I originally found out about Malkami, like, I was listening to another um, album that it was Griselda. So it was, like... West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, and they had with album, the red album with the was it was the yellow album. It's don't get oh. now, um, and they had like three songs with Makami, and I was like, who is this guy? Because um, he's like on these three songs, and he's really good. Um, and then I just got into like a deep wormhole of this guy and his music, because his music is super good, and he's been doing it since. 2004, I think, was he dropped the album in 2004. Um, wow. I think. And it's very, I haven't heard it, but um, that's something that also I guess we could talk about. So this guy, Makami, he's very underground and very, he's like in the mainstream, he's like in the spotlight nowadays, but not much known, is, not much is known about him. Like, he's very much, like, kind of off the grid. Like, you don't know too much. 
No, we don't really know his name. Like I've looked it up. Like, does anyone know his actual legal name? We don't know his name. We don't know his age. Um, we just know that he makes like crazy good music. Um, I remember you were saying you were trying to find lyrics too, and that was even a struggle to find lyrics yeah. online. You know? Yeah, you can't. You can't even find lyrics for this guy's music. Like, if you look up like Genius, like which they like cover all like music basically. They don't have any lyrics for him. At some point they did, but he took them off. Cause like he, who knows why, who knows what his reasoning, reasoning is for it, but. That he's like following the footsteps of MF Dune with the, you know, not trying to be out there, but he's out there, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so strange and so bizarre that like nowadays, like in like the age of like information, we could just Google something and find it like in seconds. That this guy is like so unknown. Like we don't really know a whole lot about him. We just know that he's like Haitian and that he makes music. And that's really like about it. It's pretty bizarre. It's pretty crazy. Not a lot of artists are doing that. And I think it's different. It's kind of frustrating at times because you want to look up the lyrics and you want to get more into it, but it's like I, it, you just can't. Yeah. Sorry. And, uh, to kind of jump on the back of the thing that Matt and you had said about the lack of, you know, lyric representation online, because that's what I do, and especially with rap music, you know, you want to know what people are saying. So I had to listen to some of the songs over or, you know, like rewind to a certain part. And one of my favorite parts uh, of this album, one of my favorite lyrics of this album, and honestly, it's off my favorite song off of it, is off of the Stellar Ray Theory. Uh, he he raps and he says Philadelphia hockey jersey ain't nobody flyer and he cuts off the rest of philadelphia and he's referencing a philadelphia flyers hockey jersey and i was i literally did the exact same thing george's and i was like damn i was like like I'm, this. Not a, I'm not even a sports fan but to know that he fucking referenced them was like something cool and something that i could appreciate as a non-sports fan Right, it's accessible, and I was like, "Damn!" Like for because you know, I'm sure that he's from you know Louisiana, like the Panhandle, where you know, like Haitian and Creole cultures a mainstay. But I loved yeah. that line, the Philadelphia, because he cuts off Fia off of Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia hockey jersey ain't nobody flyer. I was like, "Damn!" All right, that's that's some oh. thug shit right there. <laughs> it's crazy too. Um... When I, another thing I wanted to mention, um, the beats on this are really good. Um, beats are real different. It has it's a lot of uh, like Conductor Williams. Is there uh, no Alk on it? There's no Alk on it, right? There's no Alchemist on it. Um, it's there's a couple that sound like him though. Yeah, they sound like like it's it's kind of like that same style you could say. Like it's there's a camouflage monk, uh, Denny Laflair, and. Conductor Williams, and then there's a Nic Nicholas Craven uh, track on there also that he produced. So the production is like mainly those three guys, though. Um, and I think that has to do with Westside because he always has those three guys. I mean, hell, those three guys produced his last two albums. That like just the, those three guys alone. So I know so Mac Mac. Makami shit, but I really have to give a shout out to Westside for being a very good um, connector. Like he connects 
a lot of people together and because of that there's amazing things that are happening within hip-hop and i think man i need we need to give him his flowers like that that dude Westside is a businessman first and foremost before a rapper um and you see it you see it and and, and this is a perfect example of like how things came to fruition yeah, another thing, uh, another thing that's real cool about this album um, and Makami, um, <clears throat> so he's been rapping for the longest time and he has like 20 plus albums, but you, they're not on streaming. Like they're not on Spotify. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. Um, very, yeah, very little of them are. Um, uh, you can find some of them on Bandcamp. You can find some of them on YouTube. Some of them... But some of them, most of them, are like exclusively. You have to buy them through his uh, his website, and he has a website um, that definitely check out. Don't actually purchase anything. <laughs> the reason not to purchase anything, well, I mean, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Definitely support an artist, but don't buy them because it's stupidly expensive. <laughs> so if if you've looked into his uh, website. Uh, Makami has like he's like he sells cassettes for like 50 bucks CDs for a hundred bucks and vinyls for a thousand bucks um, and he's famously sold um, one of his albums the gat uh, the gospel according to for three thousand dollars three thousand dollars funny Dorian because it's like this dude fucking he it's, it's funny because like he knows his worth <laughs> yeah what yeah no kidding for you to price your stuff like for wax like vinyl a thousand dollars like it's fucking insane and it and he sold that album like who knows how many copies there are but it sold out for three thousand dollars um and it's insane that he does that and he can do that but i think in part yeah it's like not accessible because like as like you know regular people like we're not gonna spend that money um but at the same time it's like (laughs) yeah but at the same time it's like kind of smart for him to do and the reason being um and nowadays when, when we stream music when we listen to music on spotify artists get like a fraction of a penny for like every yeah. mm-hmm. um, so for him if ma conley just gets like a small dedicated like a hundred people that listen to his album and buy his album that's a hundred thousand dollars you know if he sells it it's you know. kind of like the thing where he's so smart that he cuts the middleman out of it yeah yes when he knows his worth he cuts the middleman out and he's like now nah, you guys ain't gonna penny and nickel dime me like <laughs> i know how to give gotta make money too somehow you know if he's not touring extensively you gotta make album or money on the album sales and it's yeah. a lot of merchandising is huge now it's artists that's how they make their money because you can get their music for free pretty much anywhere yeah so, that's yeah. cool that's cool that he represents himself that way yeah know your worth sell it make money you know people are gonna buy it up yeah you guys favorite because i really want to know what you guys are favorite uh songs off this album I like Marie and Criminal. Those those two tracks stood out for me, you know, just the unique beats and just the abstract, you know, lyrics and just there were different songs, you know. Kind of throwbacks for me. Yeah. yeah. 
I would say my top three off the album in order. Uh, number one was the Stellar Ray Theory, as I mentioned. Uh, number two was Mackerel Jackson. Uh, I didn't realize that the sample at the beginning and the end is from the Thriller music video, which I grew up watching a lot because my mom's a huge Michael Jackson fan. Jacob actually told me that. It's like, honestly, we're out of gas. And then that song starts, and then it has the same thing at the end, which was so interesting to me, like starting a starting and ending a song, like literally bookending a track with the same sample is almost unheard of in rap music, I feel like, but it was a very yeah. interesting take. You're not wrong. And I loved it. Uh, and then I had Fully Ado uh, as my third one because uh, I was like, oh, I was getting cocky. I think I was making my notes and I heard that and I was like, oh, that that beat is unreal. And then I heard 10 boxes and I was like, OK, now the 10 boxes goes hard. So uh, 10 boxes with an honorable mention of Foley. Uh, those are my three favorite off the album on that way to fucking that car show jacob you played uh fully adieu mm-hmm. bro so b goes so hard um i have a thing with it's that distorted piano it's the distorted piano on it for me that really just it makes my wiener wiggle to for lack of a better term it so- really gets me going <laughs> I'm a really track to the table. Look, I love instrumentals, and I grew up watching Tom and Jerry. I'm sure all of you guys know it's very instrumental. So listening to this song just brought me back to that. Uh, so yeah, well yeah, do 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 do. Well, West Side Gun, um, Murder Season. Damn, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that shit goes so hard. Um, and then our war, because this shit just fucking bangs. But I think those are my top, my top three off the album. If I had, if I had to pick my top three, um, definitely have to be. Uh, I like Rami. I think Rami is such a good song. Um, that's, I think that's the song I, I chose for like the snippet on this album, on this album. Um, just cause the beat is like, you see, you hear a lot of piano. It's beats. not, it's <laughs> not the one you picked nerd. <laughs> no, like, you picked nope. criminal nerd. <laughs> I find a great track in itself. I don't even know the, I don't even know the songs on, on the album, but, but Rami is definitely up there. I love Rami that, uh. Like just the piano beat that you hear at the beginning, and then you hear the bass kick it and the drums. Um, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, I have to talk about Twenty Six Letter Two, just because the lyrics like emphasize the beat, because the beat is very different. Um, and a lyric on there that's like just sticks with me every time, where it's like, um, "Makami is an icon." End quote. They said. <laughs> This gonna be the year I get my Python trench coat. Like, dude, like his his lyrics are so good. Um, and then it goes he, back to the to the thing where he knows his self worth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's like sums it up perfectly. Makami is an icon. End quote. Um, he even mentions on that song. He says like had to dumb it down with my fifty cent, like something flow, like. Like it, the references that he has on, on 
song. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like his his raps on it are super good. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, Rami, um, the twenty six letter, and then let me get. Um, oh boy, that's tough. But like most of these songs, I think are bangers. But let me get uh, Murder Season again, because yeah, Murder Season is too good. That like little hook that he has, like he's like singing, yeah. and he yeah. does a lot. It's yeah. the it's the same as like Diamond Dallas off of Bo Jackson that we talked about last week. <laughs> where like where like the goofy ass hook to the song really just sells it. Yeah, you know, like to where it's just like Murder Season, and then you know. Yeah. Diamond on the stove. Like they go like those two goofy ass fucking hooks really just and also wrap the song up. Pray for Paris when he's the French toast song where he's like kinda like singing. Yeah. But it's it's funny, but it also it's kinda hard. I'm like, I can't I can't not say this isn't hard. <laughs> right. No, but it's a great album. Malcomi, a lot of his stuff. Um, you can't find, but the ones that you can find aren't on Spotify are really good. So definitely check him out. He raps a lot, and if you guys notice this if you if you listen to it. He raps a lot also in like Haitian and like real. Yeah, um, which looks really cool that he'll like. You don't know what he's saying, but it just sounds dope as fuck. <laughs> That's why I was like super happy to hear him really rep like what he's about, being Haitian. Love yeah. it. A lot. There's a, there's a whole skit called it's spelled V Y O L. Just uh, what I assume uh, because I I'm friends with people that are like linguist linguistics majors. It's uh, two linguists talking about uh, the Creole language and Haitian you know dialect yeah. of Creole. And I was like, that song driving, and I was like, hold up, I need to go look up a fucking TED talk about <laughs> linguistic, <laughs> linguistic Louisiana Panhandle. TED talk, yeah. <laughs> it was it was interesting, and it's such really really cool. Like a couple of times already, it's just really cool that he paid that much homage to you know an area that's very underrepresented in music uh, across the board, not even just hip hop. Big fat. But uh, like, do we have any? Or go I ahead. Say, like, I, so I've listened to like a lot of hip hop, and like here and there they'll reference Haitian people because of how tough they are. They're like, "Yo, I know Haitians." <laughs> so it's cool to be Makami, know your worth, sell your shit for what it's worth, and represent your own culture. And I think that's very fucking cool. I'd love to see it. It's so awesome. But that's pretty much my final thoughts, at least. Hell yeah. Any closing closing statements on Makami? No? All right. Well, I'll be right back. Got to check on the dog. I'll be right back. Shake the snake. Well, now that we wrapped up Pray for Haiti by, by Makami, a fantastic pick from Jake, uh, let's dive into what Matt had for us this week. What do you got for us, pal? Um, you know, being new to the the cast and trying to, you know, set myself, you know, my own direction and kind of have a feel for it. I started with a, a band that I loved growing up, 
you know, it was kind of my band in high school for the most part. And luckily I got to see him on once live in my life, uh, but it was Repeater by Fugazi. album from 1990 kind of a you know a slower year in the music industry you know there's a lot of bands like either coming into fruition or like just starting out that came out after the 90s and Fugazi was more of like a you know kind of a political band in a sense but more of like a if you want to call it punk rock I guess you can but that's not really a, a genre you know some people think Green Day's punk and you just want to slap them in the face it's like what huh you know anyways uh this album for me just you know, from start to finish, it just it it lays it all out, and you just it just flows. You know, the the music is very unique in a sense with the guitars. You got two guitar players, you got two vocalists, which in itself it was kind of not groundbreaking, but back then there wasn't a lot of bands that had two vocalists going at the same time. Um, so I think they kind of set that standard, you know, early on for other bands. Whether you know, there's a you, there's a handful of bands that do that now, but. They kind of set the standard for that um and their lyrics were always very uh motivational um kind of you know giving a stance on something whether it's something they believed in or they thought was right or just you know just being unique in that sense uh their concert tickets were never more than five bucks you know i remember you know paying that to go see them you know i went and saw them once and didn't have a, a ticket when i got there and luckily luckily enough i found a ticket from some scalper but um just a great band. Uh, this album for me, uh, it just represents a lot of uh, what I felt going through um, in school and stuff like that. And I just related to it a lot. You know, it, it helped me get through a lot of things. And, you know, I still love it to this day. I can put it on, turn it on at full blast and and just get that same joy that I that I that I still get from it. So, you know, a lot of standout tracks on that album. Uh, Merchandise is probably one of my favorite songs. Um, Styrofoam is a good song on that one, too. Um, but yeah. I think so for me, like you mentioned Green Day, a lot of people try to categorize uh, Fugazi in the punk little thing and maybe, <clears throat> sorry for the wind, there's like a lot of wind. <laughs> uh, Dorian, well actually all of you guys might be angry at me for, for saying this, but I really do not, I, I have a real distaste for Blink-182 uh, because everybody's like, oh, that's punk and stuff like that. And it makes me angry because I listen to Fugazi and I feel like that's like the real, the real punk. Um, and so like I was excited to talk about this album, Matt, because I got introduced to Fugazi through their first album called 13 Songs. Mm -hmm. Great album. Mm -hmm. um, but what immediately like stood out to me was that all of their songs and hooks and everything was very catchy uh, and yeah it's just like to me I guess if you were to categorize, categorize it it would be like punk alternative I guess correct me if I'm wrong but I definitely hold this as real punk and i fucking love it 
it's so cool. Um, it's it's more than cool, actually. Like it's so it's awesome. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love this album. I had never I had heard a couple Fugazi tracks, but I never you know dove fully into a Fugazi project. And I was really happy that you brought this up because it's when you you know depending you know when a lot of people listen to stuff that kind of like music nowadays is so sub-genre heavy and so niche heavy you know uh everyone tries to peg hole every single band that they hear into a into a genre that is like mentally comprehensible for everyday people and fugazi kind of encapsulates so many different kind of genres like yeah they have the underlying like punk element but they're not that they are alternative because they're they're very musically talented these guys like the bass work like matt you mentioned there were two guitarists there's two vocalists which yeah at the time in 1990 having two vocalists what the fuck like that was that was unheard of you don't see that now exactly like the last big band to do that was fucking lincoln park and r.i.p chester bennington right but r.i.p but we haven't seen that since. Oh. And I think why they get chucked into the punk umbrella to piggyback off of y'all's point while, why they get uh, chucked under that is because uh, help me, Matt, which vocalist was the uh, singer for minor threat? The Ian McKay was the lead singer for minor threat, minor threat. One of the biggest punk bands of the early punk movement, like, it's so that's why they get kind of chucked into it but when i hear like just talking about emotions that this album makes me feel i want to just grab my board and just skate for like three hours and just listen like just have this album loop angry angsty fucking teenager out of me (laughs) well it's just like you want to talk loud you want to just turn it up because there's so many good in there they're just like they're just like pulsing and just you just not when yeah. it's like 80s but you just want to fucking hit something almost you know? yeah yeah like as much as i'm a fucking as much as i'm a shitbird, uh i do like when i get off the highway and i pull into like downtown on the way to work i do turn the volume down because it's early and i don't want to be a sh- you know a scumbag but i said fuck it when i heard this i was like i'm this is gonna be like i listen to this like louder than i listen to most of my other shit just because that like especially the title track repeater that one two three repeater like that almost primacy like which is funny because frizzle fry came out the same year but that guitar track sounded like it was just so funky i was just like yeah fuck crank that motherfucker like but i love this it's like every time i put it on i'm like depending on the setting like if it's night or day if it's daytime i'm like i'm two seconds away from grabbing my skateboard and riding down the street and if it's night i'm like i'm about to play fucking tony hawk pro skater and smoke (laughs) some weed like (laughs) it's like an album that you could listen to like you said like day or night like it's fitting like it's so so fucking dope i'm so glad matt you brought up bugazi awesome dude i love it thank you yes i'm glad glad we have other fans out there yes this was a i think this was the first time i had heard fugazi i had not heard of this song this album i hadn't heard of this group 
Um, so it was all brand new to me and great picks because <laughs> I was like instantly hooked, dude. Um, most of the most of the tracks were super good. Like I, I like most of them. Like I have them saved. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, sorry, real quick, picking a top three songs off of this album was like dude, doing was like doing tough. calculus for tough. me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I was trying to pick my top three. I changed mine this morning. <laughs> yeah, I changed mine this morning. <laughs> yeah, it just—I think like, maybe like okay, so repeater definitely one of my picks. Blueprint and also Greek. Um, like you said, Matt they're touching on like political shit a little bit and i love that um it's the reason why i actually like i didn't like system of a down same reason why i like toxicity dorian because of that how how they're speaking about things and they're very emotional about it and so yeah this album is very special dude it's a very good album yeah what did you what were you about to say, Jake, about the album? Um, Am I about to... No, you're good. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, the I really like the like the instrumental tracks on this, like where like they're just playing as a band. Um, like Brendan, number one, like that. Dude, I play that on repeat, so I play that probably like 10 times already. <laughs> like just on repeat like just because like they're just playing and it just sounds so like natural like they're just flowing so good as a band um, and i thought it was an interesting point because they each they each have a song right each band member has a song am i wrong i have no idea i think there's, I think there's like a joe number one there's a brandon number one and that's as far as i know yeah okay i just there's thought a- it was interesting that they each had like a thing Right. Yeah. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I think we're all just excited about this album because it was fucking banger. It was a good album. It was all yeah. so good. Um, I really like the Cyrus, like the whole first half and second half, but I think more the second half I lean towards, um, like Styrofoam. Um, I really that's probably one of my favorite tracks on this Styrofoam. It's super good, and then it leads. Uh, to Reprovisional. Um, I think it's cool because you could tell like the two different styles like of like the vocalists when they're singing. Um, and I thought it was cool. Like first time I, I'm, I was singing it over, I'm like, oh, there's two people like singing on this. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Because um, yeah, like you guys already touched on it. It's not, doesn't happen a lot. Um, but uh, song number one, I think, and Joe number one, I forget which one it is. Um, I guess I'm confused, but they also sound like they're instrumental, like it's just them playing, and then they go off. Um, and then they go off, and they're like uh, going crazy, and then they're like singing and stuff. But yeah, great album. I really like this album. Yeah, one, uh, one of my favorite albums for sure. And just to, <clears throat> I made a note of this. Is the only reason why I'm bringing it up. Uh, the Jacob, you just talked about it. The fact that there's two vocalists is, like we said, fantastic. I love it. Uh, and 
Jake, you were saying that they do have like a, a major contrast between their vocal styles and the way that they, you know, sing and deliver their vocals, but they also have, it's like an opposites attract kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to where their vocal styles and shit are so different, but they fit so well together. Like you've got, uh, is which one's is Ian McKay the higher voiced one? Because I think he. Oh, uh, guy, guy, guy's the the higher. Uh, guy. Guy Picudo. Guy Picudo, yeah. yeah. Like he so, starts off on the on the opening track turnover. That's him singing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was it had been a long time. I'm sorry since I had listened to like Minor Threat and shit like that. So I was like, oh yeah, like he's the higher pitch one. But like, just Guy and Ian, they're two like they just fit so well together it is like the textbook definition of opposites attract in music as far as yes <laughs> it's a magnet negative and positive it fucking works well yeah but uh my personal favorite three tracks off the album uh one i loved Civ fisted find that was probably my favorite off of i like Jacob listened to Brennan number one ten times. I've probably listened to that motherfucker ten times. Just because I don't know what it, like it's just the, yeah. the instruments are going ape shit, and then the just another sophisticated like it's just in the song it it has a it grows you know like as the song goes on it's like it gets bigger and bigger and like more shit starts happening. It's awesome. Uh, number two, the title track repeater, just because like. I've never dropped into a bowl skating in my life. Like I'm a street skater. I've never done that though. And it just makes me want to do that and do like a, like 360 spin. Like I just want to Tony Hawk myself and probably bring a collarbone. <laughs> exactly. And then third, I would say shut the door. Uh, Matt, I've already mentioned this to you like 80 times this week, but the middle part it's literally at the end they do this instrumental break that's doo, 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 doo. she's but not I, moving uh, like it's so it's just so badass that last part just grimy yeah. it's, it's so sad, dope it's a sad sad song but yeah it's fucking powerful right yeah just the, it, and it's one of those things to where like the instruments drive it you're right it is not a happy song but it's yeah. like god damn they drive the point home at the end they do they do it was like you guys all said it was hard to find your favorite tracks on that album and like i said i changed my mind earlier this morning you know and i've listened to that album since i was freaking 16 you know like I've, I've heard it a million times but you know blueprint uh one of my favorite tracks on the album just for the lyrics you know uh two beats off because of the different breakdowns how it starts slow and then just gets all funky the -na 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 -na, and you're just like what's going on and i don't know i can just crank that and just get instantly pumped up um and shut the door is a great song you know it's about somebody that died of an overdose you know and that's kind of what you know the lyrics represent there repeater is even a sad song in itself you know as, yeah. as jumpy and as positive as that song is it's about you know uh different kids you know in washington dc back in the 90s you know on the streets shooting each other you know crackheads and crack dealers and just you know all the shit that you know, went went down back in it still goes on in the streets, you know, but, you know, Fugazi's always written lyrics about things like that and tried to, like, just put it out there and be like, hey, we're not trying to be mainstream, you know. They were approached after this album came out by Atlanta, Atlantic Records, like a multi-million dollar deal, and they turned it down, you know. 
and they still, you know, sell their shows for $5 tickets, you know, it's, it's just a band that's never compromised. It's just, you know, wanted to be there to play the music, you know, and with instrumental tracks, they're all great. I like Joe number one. It's just so funky with the bass line and it's just so, it's just motivational in, in a sense, you know, just it's, it's upbeat and happy. Um, but start to finish this album just is a great representation of not rock in itself, but that that 90s, that 90s feel where you were kind of getting into the alternative Pearl Jam Nirvana stage, but still not there yet. And it was just kind of on the brink and so much music, you know, whether it was rock, R&B or whatever was made in the 90s. And it's just, you know, we're going to talk about more of it here in a second, but just a I great album. album is like very pivotal. Mm -hmm. The rock community. I think so. Not only were they talking about political shit, but they're also talking about most importantly feelings mm -hmm. uh, but they did it in the right way where a lot of people could connect with it like you for example uh, and i think yeah it's a very 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 pivotal album uh mm -hmm. to, to come out in in the early 90s it's definitely mm -hmm. important that's all i have to say <laughs> <laughs> i think i think if i had to pick my favorite songs um definitely i'm going first with uh, styrofoam just because that oh man i haven't heard anything like it honestly like it was so good like that's the first song that like most of these songs caught my caught my eye but like i've heard it and like instantly i was like okay this is my top three favorite for sure because it's super I hear. <laughs> yeah it just it just like hit my ear like a certain way and i was like dude this is super good um and then other than that, I the like I think the three tracks following that, uh, so Styrofoam, uh, Reprovisional, and then Shut the Door. Like those three tracks are probably my favorite. Maybe not in specific order, but those three just back to back to back. It's such it's a badass good. way to. It's just a badass way to close out that album, you know. Yeah. With and then leave you with something heavy like the lyrical content that is Shut the Door. And then with that badass groove at the end, so I don't, I don't blame you in the slightest for picking those three. <laughs> Reprovisional is yeah. a great song too. It's just so upbeat and like so many good musical changes, and you know, it's just, it's just a happy song in a sense. Yeah, I'm definitely putting this album in my in in the rotation. It's super good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on the hunt for it because Jake you shop at moon rock have you seen the fugazi placard it's like right when you walk in there the little label for fugazi i haven't but now i will definitely keep my eye on it it's like if you because i whenever i, I walk in there they've got it so they got they've got fugazi there somewhere this is it on this is it on the kill taker another great album by them but you know they've got it Somewhere. Yeah, no, every time I walk in, I start scanning left to right, you know, to see like what artist because, you know, when I go record shop and I have something, I at least go in there with one vinyl in mind. I'm like, all right, I want to get this one, but I'm also going to look and see what catches my eye. And every time I'm scanning left to right, because that's where the rock section starts, you know, the the rock section into like metal, blah, blah, blah. And I always see that Fugazi little like stamp being like hey you can find it i'm like all right i i don't know much about that mm -hmm. I'll, maybe someday and now i'm like i'm gonna go there every fucking time to try to get repeater because that was just a fantastic first pick matt for real man good shit album, if you think this album was good dude check out 13 songs dude I promise you you will not fucking regret it waiting room waiting room good track great track 
It's hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, that was Repeater by Fugazi. Excellent first pick from Matt to join the show. So stoked about that. I It got saved three songs in into my Spotify. And so I, I shuffle my albums a lot sometimes. So that's that's nice. good shit. Uh, take a, I'm going to take a quick little break. That being said, leading into the album I picked, the self-titled album by Slipknot. Their technical debut album uh, from 1999. They just one quick little thing before y'all dive into it. Uh, it is their technical debut with Corey Taylor as their vocalist. Uh, they had a demo album that was released prior to this with Anders Colsefni as their vocalist, who I, like, I, I couldn't tell you the bands off the top of my head that he's messed with at this point. But uh, the with the connection between those two is actually really cool. The debut or like their little demo tape they call, or they put out was called uh, mate feed kill repeat. And you know how barcodes have numbers at the bottom. Mm -hmm. The barcode on the back of that album was seven, four, two, six, one, seven, zero, 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 two, seven. So which I is actually, the I can't wait to get into it, but I have a fucking very interesting question for you for that fucking song. It's that's what it's an homage to that the number, the numerical title track that's just a sample that's just like sampling is the title for it is the barcode off of the back of Mate, okay. Feed, Kill, Repeat, their first little demo. I wanted to get that out of the way. That's pretty uh, cool. That's but what did y'all think of it? I thought it was a great debut album, honestly. Um, Instantly, you notice the, the percussion, you know, Joey Jordanson just banging the shit out of the cymbals and the hi-hats. I mean, that's that's all I heard through every song was just him, you know. You know, the music's great, guitars are great, but that drumming is just like, you, you, that's just, just so distinct. You just hear that and you just, you can pick up on it. And if you like music and you're like nerdy like that, you're just like, oh shit, that's really good. Like, he's fucking beating that, he's going fast, you know. It's just different, you know. It reminded me of uh, like Danny Carey sped up, just going 100 miles an hour, just boom, 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 boom. Um, so uh, it took me a minute to get into the the whole album because you know I like metal. I, I listened to some obscure stuff, uh, but after track two, I just you know was instantly a fan. You know, Sick was a great song. You know, Spit It Out, love that song. Uh, me Inside, another great track. They were all just very, you know, flawless in their execution with how they they present themselves and they don't stray away from that formula. They just they stick with that. They don't, you know, try to get melodic and like, you know, stray from their sound. They're just like consistently with that metal and that drumming and the percussion, the bass and all those instrument, all those instruments going at once is crazy. And it's a huge band, you know, I don't know if it's still like that, you know, now, but that it's like eight or nine people in that band. That's crazy to think about. Um, yeah, know they, got, they got some inspiration from Mike Patton and in one of his side projects, uh, Fantanimous. Um, 
Yeah. And I think they kind of built upon that, but I think they they set themselves apart. They sound like nothing like that. They're just their own unique yeah. sound. It's just fucking slipped on. It's a great debut, and I was impressed. I'd never listened to this band before Dorian, you know, announced this, and I'm glad that I did. So great, great album. Just real. I said just, Dorian through like. On, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, just real quick to answer Matt's like kind of question there. There are still nine people in the band. Uh, they had one dude leave in the past five years uh, just because of conflicts. And then they lost their bassist, Paul Gray, back in 2000, late 2009, early 2010. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately. Joey Jordison left the band in like 2015 because he was having health complications. He unfortunately did pass away toward the end of last year. But they do, in fact, still have nine fucking people in this band. And wow. after y'all tell, like, give your piece, I'll dive into a little bit about that. But what did you have to say, George? So what I wanted to say is that, like, it was so interesting to know that there's that many people in a band. And I, that literally is what stood out to me the most. Holy shit. I don't know a band with, I don't know any group with that many people in it. <laughs> so it was really cool to like see and everything and matt like how you said the like the hi-hats and stuff like that um i want to bring this song up real quick um what is it called um fuck i the reason why i like the song so much is that uh like it's doing the and then he he goes and sings and then after that the drums go hard and he's like screaming on it that's such a unique song to me i thought that song was so fucking tight um but yeah like you were saying matt the you're a fucking music nerd you know <laughs> you fucking know you know you know what i'm saying like i yeah, heard he it. makes the shit out of those high house and symbols man he's just like beating the submission like endless submission he so just good. it was so good like i it was crazy <laughs> jacob what'd you have to say i know you have a lot a lot to say about it yeah dude i surprised myself with how much i like this album <laughs> honestly like yeah jake dude, I, challenge my music taste like that's not even what i'm into and you fucking i'm into it i asked jake i asked jake on fucking monday i was like or like tuesday like sometime this week anyways i was like hey how are you uh because we had mentioned fugazi and i had talked to him about makami i was like hey this is actually a really cool project and I was like, but how do you think about Slipknot? He's like, I'm having a really hard time getting into it. Like, I feel like I can only listen to it at the gym. And I said, well, why don't you listen to it while you're driving? That's what I do in the morning. And he's like, because I why feel like I want to run over people. <laughs> Dude, it, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's so weird, man. It's very different to what I'm normally used to, but in, like, a good way. Like, I... Like, looking at it right now, like, looking at it on Spotify, I like, like, most of the songs on, like, the track list. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's fucking insane. Like, I purposely hadn't been listening to this 
because um, I know like Thorin was showing me when he got this, like when he got the Slipknot album, and I was like, I've never heard of Slipknot. Like I, I've heard of them mentioned so many times in high school. Like kids would always talk about them. They'd have Slipknot shirts, and I always viewed it as like, oh, like I'm like yeah, like I'm like oh, I'm never gonna get into that. Like that's not for me. Like it's probably something that's insane. How I felt about fucking toxicity and fucking someone <laughs> down like yo that's some nerdy shit fuck them but this is dope yeah it was fucking super good i when i was listening to it like at first it is i feel like it is kind of at point situational like sometimes um like when i was waking up and i was like showering for work like i was like all right let me just play you know, Fugazi, and I'm like, oh, now let me play a Slipknot, and I was like, oh, wrong, God. <laughs> wrong time to play fucking Slipknot. Yeah, when you're was, <laughs> yeah, like, am I gonna, like, like, <laughs> like, you're, just, like, aggressively showering, you're like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, I'm about to rip my hair out, like, when I'm shampooing my hair. <laughs> but, like, before you walk into the branch, you're ready to go. Yeah, like, you walk in, you're, like, about to fight the next person that comes in <laughs> or something. But it was, it was for the tweaker, bro. Test me, son. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. But it was really good. Um, at like, I I love the intensity that they bring. Like, it's very intense, and it's like a lot of like guitar, and, like but, like very like like deep raspy vocals. But I like that about it. It's um, so drum heavy, and that's what I like. It's so fucking drum heavy, Dorian crazy bro do you want to I, know i'm glad to know why it's so drum heavy i'm glad hold on before you say that i'm glad that you fucking showed us a video with you see upside sure. down playing drum that is unheard of that is fucking wild dude uh yeah no there so to tell the audience and i sent it to matt too like literally the same day uh if you look up spin it out off of this album uh, and you just do spin it out, Slipknot download. Click on the link or click on the video that pops up for their uh, show at Download Festival in England, 2009. And Joey Jordison, they have him strapped into a chair. And I, sh- I have seen this video. I used to have that DVD. I used to have a concert DVD of that show. <laughs> and so I have seen this video fat like literally a thousand times because i i fucking love slipknot i fucking love this album and they strap joey jordison into a chair and they have him tilt upside down and shit like while he's playing spit it out off of this album it's incredible but the main reason why prism dude how the fuck you not get a brain out here Right? Yeah. That shit crazy. He's like yeah. strapped into a gaming chair, dude, and then you just like you hear him and you'll see him in the background just panning, like flipping upside down, like in the drum, like and he's still he's yeah. still just destroying. Like he's still doing those fucking blast beats and shit. But the reason to kind of tell you like give you a little insight, the reason why they sound so drum heavy is because they have Joey Jordison on this album at least. Joey Joey Jordison their actual drummer that plays the set and then they have chris fenn a custom percussionist that plays like tom drums and they have kegs on their set on their drum set they have like tom drums 
kegs and then underneath they have a marching snare that they pull out for some songs and literally play like party i would have fucking sucked everything out of those kegs yeah exactly and sean crahan uh the other guy who like founded slipknot is the other custom percussionist and the Mm. crazy thing about them is that they also do uh backing vocals and so there's songs on this album where you where you'll hear Corey taylor you know given his higher pitch like not high pitch but like you know he's singing at a higher pitch and then the other guys are just like you can't take a level like given the backing track to it and it's unreal so what i wanted to bring up because i thought it was like worth to mention um talked about alchemist using the radio sound and how daft punk also did the same thing with on and off and they did that with the the first fucking track which is like them turning radio sound and i i love love this concept of people using that and they did that on the first fucking track and i thought it was fucking dope so fucking dope um yeah you know you want to know something creepy about that yeah it's a charles manson interview really yeah yeah (laughs) there's like a charles manson documentary and he says the whole thing i think is sick and so they they literally also outside of the custom percussionists they have a sampler and a dj two guitarists a bassist and a singer and a drummer and so the sampler is literally just sitting there manipulating the vocal tone of that sample of Charles Manson saying, the whole thing, I think it's sick. The whole thing, I think it's sick. The whole thing, I think it's sick. Yeah. Dang. I think, yeah, just a great, my, great album all around. It was the first fucking track because I immediately fucking noticed that. I was like, yo! They're doing the same shit that fucking Alchemist did. The same thing that yeah. fucking Daft Punk did. Like, I was like, whoa, this is sick. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an album that I've been listening to for over a decade. Uh, I have a deep, deep fucking appreciation for this album. And I'm really glad to hear that y'all liked it so much. Uh, my top three tracks off of it, uh, Eyeless is my number one. I did use that as my snippet. The There's just so much about that song. The sampling and then the scratching from their DJ Sid Wilson on it is fucking immaculate. After that is surfacing. Uh, that guitar intro, because he's literally sitting there and he's doing what's called a tap bend on the guitar. So down near the body, you do a tap. And he bends it. He's like, he's like literally playing both sides of the guitar. Is uh, it like the the bass when you do like a slap? No, no. So normally a bend when you're playing guitar, you hit a note and then you move the string down the neck or upward on the neck. And so okay. what he's doing on it is a he's tapping on like the 17th fret or some shit. He's doing like a tap. And with that same finger, he's moving it down. And he's like, and he's doing hammer-ons on the other side of the... 
it's very technical and that's another thing that like matt had said that's like a very music nerdy kind of thing to notice about the song but he's literally going music and tort like orientated to have someone like do something special like that that's fucking sick i love that that's exactly so, so I really appreciated the album for the fact that Joey Jordanson was also behind the scenes, you know, producing and helping. I think that's why we hear the drums so much. And that's what people know about Slipknot is the drumming. That's, you know, yeah. that's what they that's they know just Joey Jordanson. They know that sound. But this album in particular, he was producing and behind the scenes. So I think that's why it's so heavy and why that, that whole album was influenced by the percussion. Um, yeah. All in all, there's, it's just hard to... It's it's hard to say anything negative about that album. It's just a great debut. It's just all heavy and that's just right in your yeah. face. Compromise. It just goes for it and it delivers on every aspect. Great. Another day. another fun fact because Matt brought up like the recording process. Yeah, Joey Jordison was like in the booth for like the production, like the mastering side of it. But the guy that they partnered with, Ross Robinson, who has is one of the most prolific, you know, executive producers and like engineer recording engineers in the metal industry uh, was the guy that they picked or that they managed to partner with on this album. And while they he wanted to team with them and wanted to specifically capture their live show in a recorded element as much as possible with like because their live show is fucking chaotic, as I've sent you guys videos, you know, showing. But in the in the late 90s it was even crazier and so there's like articles of ross robinson throwing potted fucking plants at joey jordison while he's drumming these like they were saying he was recording like sick and he's throwing like potted ferns at joey jordison's drum set like just trying to fuck him and he's just still <laughs> i don't mean to cut you off but like um so like how you're saying um this is a person hip-hop that is very um like low-key you guys know the song by dr dre um still scott storch was the person responsible for that um and he doesn't, he hasn't, nobody has given his flowers for him, for, for that. But literally, he was, he's like fucking responsible for that. So it's cool to hear that like someone else is responsible for what you're talking about that is behind the scenes. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and I love a prominent thing that happens within music yeah and i loved that it was that his main focus was to capture the live show as much as possible on a recorded medium because they were doing something so different as you guys have said because it is it's not the same like even in the like new metal era no one was doing rap metal at this pace this aggressive like you could say corn limp biscuit whatever was trying to do it but they weren't even holding a flame 
to them. The only the only comparison is the science album. I ain't giving. That's the only comparison. And as when the when the when the album that Slipknot album started out, you know, that's what I first thought of. You know, just the implements of like the rap and the DJ and everything like that. It was just it flows. You know, if you have a band that can do that and do it well, you got a great album. And Slipknot did it. I was gonna mention that like at some point it's like to it is fucking shout out to Zach Elaroca, but Rage Against the Machine. Like they're the only people that can bridge the two gaps between rap, rock. And they did it so perfectly. Sorry, Jacob, you 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 wanted to say something. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. That that at some points they're like rapping on this, and I thought that was dope. Very much so. Uh, so yeah, like I was saying, I list my number one pick, surfacing my second, and then my third one. Just because I've listened to this album so long, I can't pick a third for my top three because this album is like still it's still regarded as like the best Slipknot album, and they've put out I think six or seven albums to this point uh self-titled album and it came out in 1999 yes still regarded as their best piece of work uh so i've listened to it a i can't even express a shit ton i've listened to some shit ton so eyeless surfacing and then either me inside or sick just because the the here comes the pain sample that's from if you guys are al pacino fans that's from the the movie uh carlito's way uh al pacino has a line where he says here comes the pain and the sampler craig jones took that sample and made that for the drop and right as that oh my god that's so fucking cool oh my god right and so as it says here comes the pain the band starts going apeshit and you can hear sid wilson the dj just just scratching the piss out of it but uh jacob what were your top three off of the album uh top three i my favorite definitely purity i love that song um i think it's i think it's definitely not as crazy as some of the other ones but something about it i just really like it um that i i came i saw i like saw myself coming back to it a lot um th- this whole week i've listened to it a couple of times um and then prosthetics i really liked prosthetics also um and then no life uh no life was such a good song too um but yeah i think i love this pick because it's so different to like honestly all most of our other albums i think the only one that's close to this is the ghost main but this is definitely different. Um, I'm not used to this style of music, but I like it. And I didn't think I'd be into it, but I am. <laughs> and I'm into it a lot more than I thought I would be. Um, but yeah, a couple of these songs definitely already already added them onto the, the workout playlist. So <laughs> I'm be, I'm nice. be on, on ham on them. So We're pushing those fucking reps, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my top three picks, I cannot not mention this song, the first song, 7461, 7, 4, 6, 1, 7, 0, 0, I can 0, recite 0. it, I can recite it for you, 7426170002 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck with you. I catch a niner in there. And also, um, wait and bleed. Um, and then also, uh, purity. Damn, Dorian, like, you really challenged my taste in music. <laughs> but definitely do appreciate this album a lot, so fucking thank you for it. But damn, you fucking really challenged my taste in music. But Hell yeah. Matt, what were your top three, and do you have any final thoughts on it? Um, Top three, you know, they're all going to start with S. You know, Surfacing, Spit It Out, and Sick. You know, and just all those songs are just great songs, you know. Just this rules on a sick one. Great song. Um, you know, just a, it's a great album, you know. It's it's a debut album by a band that was, you know, trying to get into that 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 own unique sound and try to find themselves in that genre. You know, 1999, what a tough year to get into music, you know. Everything's already been done, and, you know, how do you set yourself apart? And I think they did it in a way that, set themselves in their own little genre you know it wasn't metal it wasn't rap it wasn't you know you know non-accessible you know, anybody anybody that liked you know rock or metal could access that album and access that band and become a fan and i think that's why they grew so popular because people could just you know get into it and and find their own unique you know love for it you know I don't know that I'm a huge fan, but I really respect the musicianship. Joey Jordanson's a great percussionist. You know, the rest of the band, great musicians. And Corey Taylor, even before that, he had his other things going on. So, you know, he's just a great addition to that whole band and great, great pick. I enjoyed it. Hell yeah. Uh, so now that we wrapped up talking about the self-titled album from Slipknot, uh, Let's go ahead and dive into George's pick for this week. What did you have for us, pal? Moment of Truth by Gangstar. And just how to get it. She knows what she wants. She's bold, so she flaunts. Her hourglass jewels to mad clientele. Rejected her well. She ain't going to no hotel. Not the frantic freak type. But if you speak right, you get to take her out and dig her out on a weeknight. Weekend, she wants to spend your ends. Her shopping spree's colossal. Attitude semi-hostile. Uh, this album is like very, very special to me. Um, there's a lot of lyrics throughout multiple songs that talk about like, like good things, you know. And um, I think the only rapper now is like common. Who talks about like real things and stuff like that? Um, and R.I.P. Guru, but he was like, "Hey, he literally raps on one song called Moment of Truth, and he's saying it's best back to step back and observe with coos, because you know nobody observes the truth." Um, and there's like a bunch of gems throughout this album that I uh, listen to and and to be completely honest, like I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot from from him from from him saying that. I think there's a lot of very wise things that he's uh, said. Um, so I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with it, you know um, R.I.P. Guru, but 
yeah, there's just like a lot of things that he said that is very, very, very outgoing. You know, he's very, he's telling you like, hey, dude, like there's a lot of fucked up shit. Take this gem. Um, and he, he said it, you know, throughout his raps and I took it. And as a young kid being very emotional and like angry and angsty and stuff like that, there was lyrics like that, that I fucking took. And I'm like, you know what? Right. So, yeah. But what did you guys think? I thought it was a great album. I love 90s hip hop, you know, from 1990 up to 1999. There's just so many good artists that came out, you know, that had their own unique styles that played off each other. You know, a lot of rap and a lot of rap nowadays is still is still sample heavy. But like, especially in the 90s, like samples were huge. You know, everybody was doing samples. And I, I know on this album, he goes into a little interlude about getting mad at people for calling people out on samples and the rap industry and producers and stuff. Like that. And Jacob. That's funny as hell, you know. And how, like, he just fucking does shit and makes, like, an album and that's so, uh, what's the word, eclectic. It's amazing. Yeah, so, like, him calling people out on samples and being like, hey, this is how it is. Like, this is what we do. This is how you make, you know, this style of music, you know, go with it. Like, it, we're giving credit to those that gave us the samples. We're not trying to, like you know, rip them off, you know, it's, it's, it flows better. You listen to any rapper in the nineties, you know, Tribe Called Quest is a huge example. They took so many samples from jazz albums and stuff you've never heard of. Things I couldn't name off the top. Dorian's favorite thing is Tribe Called Quest. Mm -hmm. Um, He loved Tribe Called Quest. I enjoyed all the, all the, all the tracks, you know, they're just, just very uh, eclectic in the sense that it just had that feel that nineties hip hop that was positive and like had a statement, you know, just talking about things that are, you know, relevant, you know, and not talking about, you know, the women and the the drugs and the murder and the street and the gang, the gang life, you know, it was more, you know, just like real life, you know, in a sense that's different sometimes, you know, you got to separate those two and to be able to rap about that consistently, you know, and not be dropping the F-bomb all the time, you know, that's why I like Tribe too, you guys gonna throw Tribe in there, I'll throw them in there too, you know, they always had that positive outlook and that positive rhyme, so that's what I liked about this album, great album. Yeah, no, I love I love this album. I love that you picked it up, George, because, yeah, it is at some points, like, it's very, I think the message that Guru is trying to put across, it's like, like, you just got to, like, keep your head up and, like, you got to, like, look towards the good things in life. Um, one of those specific that, like, I saw, and it's early on in the album, uh, Robin Hood Theory, like, that intro, that little skit that they have at the beginning, um, yeah. where, like at one point he's like um guru he's talking to someone and he's like um he's like that uh he says the lyrics are um and no matter what we say our religion is whether it's islam christianity uh judaism buddhism old schoolism or new schoolism if we're not schooling the youth with wisdom then the sins of the father will visit the child and that's not keeping it real that's keeping it wrong (laughs) you know like he's like he's like saying like these real things that's like it's like you gotta like you know like your upbringing like you gotta learn from it and you gotta like teach other people and like teach digest. Them. you have to digest what he's saying yeah um, and on moment of truth uh he says 
So uh, Moment of Truth is like another like good song that I like because like even me, I don't believe in God or anything like that. But he talks about a lot of good things and he says, nobody is invincible, no plan is foolproof. We mo, uh, we all must meet our moment of truth. The shame chassis cast that you hang with or you do the thing with will set you up. Peak the language. It's universal. Play with fire and it hurts you. For bum lessons, blessings, it should learn through. Let's face facts. Although it embraces the tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes. They don't, there ain't no dirt to trace back. Um... Very wise, you know, and he's like just speaking his his word and his truth. And uh I really just like love this album because like there's a lot of things that I have um taken and and you know like ran with it. Um if it wasn't for 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 this album, like I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I feel like this album, he dropped so many jewels, so many smart jewels, uh, that helped me be the better person that I am today. I think it's important for me to like say. Yeah, the the lyrical content for this, you know, we we've had two episodes now talking about deep lyrical content and that's a good example. And last week we talked about Haram by Arm and Hammer. Um, <clears throat> and also, you know, the week prior with Mob Deep, you know, the lyrical content to this album is unreal. It's uh, one of my favorite tracks off of this is The Mall. Uh, because I worked in the mall. <laughs> I worked in the mall for damn, for like two and a half years. And uh, so that was really cool to hear him say, like, I'm at Victoria's and she whispering mad secrets in my ear. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, just a little, like you said, little jewels like that that would make, you know, any kind of listener kind of latch on. Uh, but the main thing that I latched onto this, because uh, I was just telling Matt about this album uh, and we talked about it a couple episodes back, Yes or Whatever by Quasimodo, the song JFK to LAX off of Moment of Truth is sampled on Yes or Whatever. It's the ending track to Yes or Whatever uh, by Quasimodo. And it's a direct sample. It's got that uh, 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 with like the drum beat. And it's, it's just so badass. This album is one that I feel like like with that late 90s early 90s rap you know like the just the 90s era of hip-hop and rap in general actually there's certain songs that will come off of albums that will get so big that and back in the day i feel like no one listened to full albums you know and i feel like nowadays people do Mm -hmm. more so than back then and so like of the clouds featuring inspect a deck one Premier knew what he was doing. He was like, "Oh, I've got a guy from Wu Tang Clan on. Let me go ahead and make a Wu Tang. Let me make a Wu Tang beat." Bro, and then we have a whole 
conversation about fucking Premier, dude. Premier knows what he's fucking doing. (laughs) Exactly. It's another example of making beats cater to who's rapping on them, as far as that song goes. And but yeah, I this was a fantastic pick, George. I I loved this album. I I made so many notes. I look like Hunter S. Thompson over here. (laughs) What do you guys? What's your favorite uh, top songs about this? I like uh, Above the Clouds, Royalty, and then the title track, you know, Moment of Truth, you know, that laid it out. That's one of those tracks you've heard before. You're like, oh, that's fucking Gangstar. Okay. You know, it's a great track. But Above the Clouds, that's a unique track, you too. You know? But for me, Royalty and then uh, the title track. Royalty, yes. Yeah, Moment of Truth, Royalty. Yeah. I love, we, we, when we, Dorian talked about it a little bit. But the beats on this album are insane, dude. Premier, dude, Prima. Oh, this is like, this cements him like as why he's such a legend and why his beats are like top notch, like the highest of standards. Um, Yeah, we talked about Above the Clouds. That is my favorite song of this album, probably of this group, honestly, just of all time. for the longest time, I have so many memories of me being with my friends, and this is like the first song we'll put on. <laughs> and we'll like, like, we're like, whatever it may be, you know, we're like playing basketball, or we're like starting a sesh, and like that intro to like, we look up in the sky, up in the sky, up in the sky. And then it's like, it's like giving this yeah. like backstory of like how like these guys are like going to the moon or whatever. And then it just hits the beat, hits, and then the Guru is like, Myself, Lord and Master, should bring disaster. These demonic chapters should be catching. Like, dude, oh, yeah. so good. That thing goes hard as fuck. I love that song. That's one of my favorite hip hop songs, like of all time, for sure. Um, and then besides that, um, what I'm here for, the beat on that too is so good, dude. Like, DJ Premier, man, insane what he did. And what he's still doing, like the fact that DJ Premier is still in the game and like making making beats that are so good. Um, but if I had to pick a top three, it'd definitely be Above the Clouds because that's my go-to on this album. Uh, what I'm here for, and then you know my Steez. Uh just because of that, that that method. Yeah, that method, man. You know my Steez. like yeah, it was a little Liquid Swords throwback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. literally, yeah, Liquid Swords. Holy shit! I'm glad that you said that, Matt. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the li- yeah, the Liquid Swords. Re- that is a good time. I was trying to back my brain. I was like, I've heard that before. I'm like, what? Uh, I'm, I can hear it in what? my head, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking Method Man, dude. M E T H O T. Yeah, but to kind of echo Jacob's sentiment, my first pick is Above the Clouds, because as soon as I hear that intro, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, yeah. it's, it's such a fantastic so hard, beat. Bro. It's such a badass beat, regardless, but the fact that he got Inspect a Deck on it makes it that much better, in yeah. my opinion. It's like, yeah, that's a beat that Inspect a Deck would rap on, you know? Like, that's- that... 
that makes science mentally scarred triple extra large dude (laughs) (laughs) jacob has those lines live in jacob's head right no dude i'm telling you like that is like that is one of my favorite songs like of all like i've heard that song probably a million times you said those lyrics live in jacob's head brain freaks (laughs) (laughs) other uh my second one would be the mall, uh, just because of the the shopping mall references. Because I, like I said, I worked in the mall for so long, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And that kind of like grungy, kind of dirty beat to it. It's just like very four on the floor, like don't, 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 like. And then after that would be JF, uh, JFK to LAX, just because it's sampled on my favorite Quasimodo album. Uh, that is the main key, but it's also interesting to hear, like, because Quasimodo is kind of like a project, you know, like it's it's an alter ego and everything. But hearing like Guru rap over that beat was top notch and making that mental connection was really dope for me. So those are my top three. What about you, George? So my top three is. Uh... It's hard to pick because I really love this album. She knows what she wants. Has to be that fucking song. Moment of truth. I want to pick above the clouds, but I think it's work. <laughs> work just a badass it's track too, though. So funny because she's he's like yo, she's poking her ass out. Her ass ain't that fat. She's just poking her ass out to make it look good. Um, but yeah, those those are my three picks. Hell yeah. With all right. So now that we've wrapped up Moment of Truth by Gangstar, I think it's about time we dive into next week's picks. And as per usual, we'll go we'll go in the order of the episode, Jake. You had us first. What do you got? Yep. So I'm going to hop off the hip-hop train now. Um, I can talk hip-hop all day, any day, but um, I'm going to switch it up. Something, a genre we haven't talked about and an artist we haven't talked about. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. Uh, Baduism. Uh, Let's bro. fucking go. I did, man. Enough said. I think we all know what it is. All day and all night. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick, man. Good pick. And I think it's Matt next, correct? Yeah, I don't have this vinyl album on me, but it's it's, uh, an artist by the name of Saul Williams. I'm going to do his debut album called Amethyst Rockstar. Saul Williams. Saul Williams, Amethyst Rockstar. More of an abstract hip-hop artist. Um, I think you guys will all dig it. This album, uh, produced by Rick Rubin. So. Ooh, Rick, Rick Rubin. Rubin! Oh, let's go. Hey. hey, I hear Rick Rubin. I'm I'm a fan already. And for my pick, I had to bring it up ASAP. We're going Run the yeah. Jewels 2 oh, by Run the Jewels. Oh, yeah. I fuck with it. I'm so fucking stoked to talk about this album. I've it was voted best al- best rap album of 2013 for a good fucking reason. 
Telling me I love LP, son. <laughs> yeah. What do you got for us, George? Look, I wanted to bring uh, Temptations and also um, another older group. But I'm going to bring up the last fucking East Coast rap shit. I promise you. But it's... <laughs> it's fucking the plugs I met by Benny the Butcher. Oh, hey, yo. Look, okay, that's the last fucking shit that I do from East Coast, but hey, it doesn't matter where I, they come from, it just matters I, that they make good music, bro. Don't nah. not talk about this album. The uh, butcher coming. The butcher, the butcher coming. coming. Yeah. <laughs> right on. That I'm... might be a little bit fucking annoyed about this, but yeah. It's all good. Well, with that being said, that was episode 11 of What You Spinning. As per usual, I'm Dorian, joined freshly by Matt, and as per usual, joined by Jacob and Julio. George. Julio. Julio. <laughs> joined by Julio, Matt, and Jake. We will catch you next time for what you spin in episode 12. Awesome. You guys are awesome.